Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. It is Wednesday, and it's time for you to listen to us talk about The Cure. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. What's up, dude? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, good, good. Uh, I was in Connecticut. Uh, relatively Thanksgiving-y. Uh, been good though, you know. Like had a eventful Black Friday. Shout out when it went into New York City. Kind of did that thing, and uh, gearing into the holiday season. Nice. Do 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 all that stuff. Um, yo, how how about you? We haven't talked in a minute. I gave you my kind of like, hey, here's what's been going on with me. Uh, what about you? What have you been up to the last however long? Um. Just busy, man. I mean, like my my day job is uh, in the marketing world. Oh yeah, and things tend to get very, very busy over the course of November and December because uh, there's this little thing called Black Friday. Mm, you're familiar. And, uh, this other thing called Cyber Monday, and this other thing called uh, Christmas and Hanukkah, and all these things where people mm, buy mm. gifts and. Uh, all the companies out there want to sell their stuff. And some of them hire me to help with that. So um, it ends up being very busy for me most of the time. Um, well, I so like that. Yeah. I mean, busy is good, but sometimes it's too busy. But I think I'm good at kind of managing my time overall. So it's uh, it's been good, but it's really just like nose to the grindstone kind of vibe, you know? I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. Pete, I've been uh, knee deep in youth sports. It's been a uh, busy fall. We'll say that. It's just uh, no one tells you when you have a child who who you know has interests, likes stuff. It's a good thing, right? But th- then you're like, oh crud! I just committed to it's a lot like, ha- to to schedules. Like uh, you you know this of the work world. We we all know that. But then it's like, imagine then that your post-work calendar is as structured as your workday calendar. Yeah. It's rough. It's, it's rough. rough. So dude. shout out to all the parents out there. Keep uh, keep ferrying the kids to whatever interests they take. Um, you got to tell yourself it's going to pay off uh, in some way and that they're having a fun time with it. And that's, oh, that's, that's pay enough. Off. Yeah. Um, real quick, I wanted to say, I hope that everybody enjoyed the, the what if episode we did. Mm, Um, I hope you enjoyed our little bonus Thanksgiving episode. That was really fun to do. And, uh, we want to do a lot more like that. So, um, be sure to email us and hit us up on social Mm. with your potential what ifs that we can discuss on a, discuss on a future episode. Pete, or where, just where, anything where that comes to us? mind. Where can find they us, find us on social? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TraxPod. And if you really want, you can email us long form. Mm, mm. And that address is TraxPod at gmail.com. I love it. We love the emails. Thank you, everybody. Um, we've had a growing cabal of emailers and such. Uh, we love it. Appreciate it. Tell a weird friend. Um only a weird friend. Only only a weird friend. Or weirder <laughs> friends, weirdo friends, whatever whatever kind of weird friend you have. Um, oh, man. At some point, we got to figure out who our weirdest friends are. 
Like, if I said <laughs> to you right now, who's your weirdest friend? Do you have an answer? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't really. So, like, here's my question. If someone asked me that, my head goes in two ways. One, the person who is the weirdest, clearly. Like, which I think right, is exactly. the intent of the question. But exactly. Then two, the person who it is the weirdest that I am friends with. Because I have an answer for that, too. And that person, uh, because they won't take this and they probably will never hear this, this guy I went to college with, nice dude, could not give a single damn about music. Just does no no interest whatsoever. Uh, Pretty big football fan. Um, Not sure about his political beliefs. Definitely choose dip. Like chew, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Big tobacco head, head. Um, very friendly, very kind, um, very open-minded. Despite the fact that if someone saw him, they might think he's just a like a off the back of a pickup truck hick. Um, and he probably wouldn't even dispute that or fight it. But yeah, good buddy. Um. And, Interesting. Uh, stayed. I've stayed in contact sometimes loosely, you know, as as things go when you're an adult. But uh, a fellow who I think of and I go, yeah, it is weird that I'm friends with this person, but it's, it's also cool. So <laughs> I got some people like that. Is is dipping going the way of the dinosaurs, or am I just not exposed to it? Yo, I would rather 100 water bottles filled with chew spit. Yeah. Than than teen vapors. Interesting. And to be really honest, no, I wouldn't. That's so gross. The bottle, <laughs> the water bottle. Did they? Did people in your high school chew? Dude, my stepbrother chewed. My, in really? fact, my my dad when I was a when I was young-ish, he because yeah. uh, my stepbrother is much younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, found like water bottle, like water bottle yep. on water bottles, like under filled. his bed, just filled mm-hmm. with bullshit. And yeah, my dad was oh, like, so "What the gross. fuck? Like, who does this?" Oh, oh, I've never. So I've, I was a smoker for a while, and I've never. I've never even tried. I was just never. It seemed so. Nothing. Yeah, I just wanted to try it all. On the list of things that are, are like sort of interesting, like that's way low, way super low. low. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. There's a lot of things I'm trying before I'm doing that because the water bottle dudes in my high school would do it during school and walk oh, around man. with these water bottles of junk and oh, it was it's like, so gross dude i couldn't believe they got away with it i can't uh. believe that was happening and it wasn't like like it wasn't like people were saying anything about it because they were 18 it was senior year so yeah. they were 18 so they could legally buy it and so I think the logic was well it's not that the only reason gum wasn't allowed was cuz people would stick it on stuff Right. You know, so so they just would chew in class. And there were certain teachers who hated it. And then there was other teachers who just didn't care or didn't want that fight. <laughs> didn't want to have an argument with, you know, Mike Smith about like, Mike, you got to stop chewing. You can't chew in class. That's a hard what conversation to have. Yeah. Oh, if, so if, I'm, if I'm a teacher, I give up at that point. Yeah. Well, and that's what they did. So uh, shout out to people who dip. Um, what's the brand? Skull. Yeah, Skull. <laughs> there we go. Um, on a very different t- topic. Um, what are we talking about today? What record are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about uh, a little band called The Cure. 
and we're going to talk mm. about their 1992 album, their ninth studio album called wow. Wish, and actually their most cons- commercially successful album as well. Interesting. Which was um, surprising to that kind of sort of surprising, not super surprising, but yeah, kind of sort of surprising. Um, but it tracks. It makes sense. It's sort of um, this record feels in a lot of ways like culmination. Um, there are a, a grip of Cure Records after this, including a few that I know people are super fond of. But this feels like this is Zenith Cure. Maybe not like I have records I like a lot more than this, but this yeah. is probably the cure at their most popular and the height of their powers. Would that does that feel fair? Sounds fair. I mean, disintegration, they like they went ballistic and then Correct. this record, they kind of that's that's a super, super dark album. And yeah. this has a lot more kind of pop sensibility, I think, than disintegration. Mm-hmm. Friday I'm in Love like has to be maybe their biggest hit. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, it's right there. Um, yeah, it might not even be arguable. It might just be their biggest song, and it's not close. Yeah. Um, man, uh, this is fun for me because this is a band I love, and who a uh, band I don't think I've ever really talked to anybody about the yeah. fact that I love them. So that's cool. I feel similarly. They're one of those bands. It's like. I think we were joking a few episodes ago about like wearing Beatles t-shirts and wearing like Guns N' Roses t-shirts. It's like, yes. it's like, yeah, like I don't need to advertise to anybody that I like the cure because it just kind of seems obvious. And, right, and, right. And, they're, and they're one of those bands that you don't really meet people that like hate the cure. There's no like haters out there as far as I'm aware, really. Uh, you know, I think there might be some, but it's like we, we've, you have to mine the niche music world to find them. Like yeah, in sure. general, there's uh like apathy or like oh yeah they're cool like oh friday i'm in love uh, a cool song you know or you know people who are much more diehard than that um yeah or just like the only good record is pornography or something you know what a funny take pornography is a very good record it's but, a great record yeah and ooh. <sighs> what do you think your favorite cure record is um and pornography might be it god damn it I mean, pornography is really, really good. Is, is in the running. Uh, disintegration. Disintegration's right in the running. Um, so, so let me, let me, like, my familiarity with the band. You're familiar with the band. We do this sometimes. Uh, a band who, like, uh, Boys Don't Cry was a song I was oddly aware of, very young. But I don't think it's that odd because it was a song on the radio, right? Like, yeah, sure. It was just a big song. A song yeah, really big song. So was like oh okay and i you know the cure kind of had their moment in terms of like oh this is a band that people know about and blah 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 um and so i was vaguely aware of them as i started getting into alternative music they're a band i was kind of kept an eye on but didn't really get into until i was into punk music um and then it was one of those like oh i should be aware like i like the smiths and cure kind of on that side of things i should check this out oh wow this band is awesome and it's really different um yeah so i think it's probably for me between oh kiss me kiss me kiss me is really good too i'm just 
It's good, but that one's inconsistent. Yeah, the, yeah that's right. It, uh, there's like a whole this whole midsection where I'm like, eh, there's great songs on it. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's a little bloated. It's dis it's disintegration for me, and then pornography, and I think that's the easy way. But I got to tell you, Pete, this record was one that I was I was not super familiar with because basically after disintegration, I was like, oh, I don't know if I care about later cure. And sure. that's my mistake, I think. I think that was my mistake because Take wishes a sequel to Disintegration. It's not the same, but it's like it take it has a lot of similar notes going in a different direction. Yeah. So it's sort of um it is not Home Alone 2, where they were like, okay, let's do the same movie <laughs> with the same beats, except it's in New York City. All right, cool. It was more like uh, Karate Kid Part 2. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's Daniel Sun and Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> they're going to go to Japan, though. And there's going to be different characters and can't have the same bad guys because... And then they were like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's bring the same bad guys back for everything else we do with this franchise. But, um, you know, they changed some of the flow, similar notes. I, I was shocked at how much I found this record to i use the term culmination i think this is the culmination of the cure up to this point there's some referential stuff there's stuff that is intentionally pulling on the same threads as disintegration and then there's tracks that i think are pulling back to earlier cure albums that i was really pleased i was like oh this is so cool because it felt like a really (sighs) there's two two things that i want to use to describe this record which are that it's uh graceful um in that it gracefully navigates being at the peak of your powers and having a somewhat singular sound Mm -hmm. and how do you do that without cosplaying it as a version of yourself from years before yeah and then two i think they gracefully navigate having a somewhat bloated cd era hour-long record I co-signed that a hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's one of my big takeaways. This record's like an hour and four minutes long. And on first thing, listen, I'm listening. I'm like, Oh boy, is this going to be long? It is a long record, but as you go through it, it's like, okay. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm with it. Or am I saying that it, I feel like it could, it had to be this long. Not necessarily, but I'm not mad at it. So that yeah. matters, you know? I think they've actually been really good at that. They they navigated the CD era kind of in general very well. Where oh, yeah, Wish, you're right. Good job. Wish, Wish was, Wish, you know, did what you described. Wild Mood Swings is like a really solid album. Mm-hmm. Blood Flowers is a really solid album. Uh, and then we get into the 2000s, The Cure, the self-titled record, and 413 Dream was the last one in 2008. And, and the self-titled 2006 record, that record, is that that's the right one? Um, that record people love. Uh, 2004, yeah. I should say. 2004, 2004. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has tracks. I remember, like, I remember um, I was in college at the time, and part of the press for it was, like, the producer of the Corn albums, you know, it was, like, doing the, the Cure Now, and it was, like, okay, interesting. Mm. Right. Um, and there were definitely some wild moments on it that I didn't like as much, but there's there's some hits on it. I mean, they're they're one of those bands where you can always find tracks. It's just a matter of like how many of them. 
Yo, that's a great point. I think... So Disintegration is front to back to me. I think it's just great. And it's an album that you can listen to from start to finish, and it's awesome. If you want to pull a few songs, you can. There's, I think, four singles off of it. Yeah. Um, Yo, it's it's wild. So um, this record doesn't have that, but I, I... will stand by that I was really impressed with it um, and happy to sit with it because I hadn't really sat with this record like I have a lot of the 80s material of The Cure because I'd kind of written it off. I was like, oh, it's ni- post-1990. Eh, I don't know if I need that. Yeah. Because, yo, this is their... You said it's their eighth or is this their ninth? Ninth. Ninth studio album. Yeah. Yo, that's a lot of material. It's a <laughs> like, lot of material. Here, here we go. Cure Discovery. I finally pulled it up. 79, 80, 81, 82, 84, 85, 87, 89. Then this one's 92. What? <laughs> In a 13-year period, they had nine albums. Wow. And they're all really interesting and different. I, th- I think you're actually totally onto something with, with uh, what you said about this album in that it's... What was the word that you used? Graceful. Um, Graceful. No, 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 no. Navigating. It's, 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 it's the it's the 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 antithesis it's almost. The oh, um, yeah, antithesis it, it, is the word I'm looking for. But it's like it's you said something similar. Yeah, but yeah. like, but basically, I I think you're right in that like this record they were expanding on things they did in disintegration. Yeah, but they didn't but also, want to rewrite it. That's right. They didn't want to rewrite it. They were they were they were looking back at kiss me kiss me they were looking at head mm-hmm. on the door they were looking at the top and pornography and mm-hmm. even like the early stuff like boys don't cry the yes, imaginary 100%. boys era yep and 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 kind of like reimagining it mm-hmm. but i do think and maybe maybe this is a hot take i don't think so there are probably some diehard cure fans out there that disagree with me mm. i i love the cure and like i love i really really like a lot of the records that come after this i don't mm. think many of the records that come after this offer much that's new Mm, okay um so i think you're right in that like this is where they kind of this is the apex yeah this is zenith the zenith of zenith and then from there from here on it's just kind of like it's interesting reimaginings of different sounds that they've done over the times but there's nothing necessarily brand new there that that you're gonna find i think no i i uh I wouldn't argue that, but I can't say I have the familiarity with the material after this. Um, but that's always was my assumption, and I was squarely wrong on this record. Um, so why did we pick this one? So we picked this one um, for a number of reasons. We actually we had a few people recommend it when we asked for recommendations for albums. Um, mm. This is one of the Cure records that came up. Um, and then it also just we kind of just made an executive decision to, to do this one because I believe it's the 30th anniversary of this. Um, oh yeah. This yeah. year. And yep. uh, they're finally re-releasing it on vinyl and kind of having this big, like, you know, uh, 30th anniversary thing about it. So I thought that it would be a fun idea to do this one. Yeah. I, I I'm glad we are because this is, this is the kind <clears> of <throat> exact, uh, what in my head why we do this podcast is 
Look, so um, Friday I'm in love. We we all know that song. Uh, obviously, people should should know it or have heard it, and maybe you haven't. Maybe for some reason you just haven't, and that's totally cool too. But to me, I was like, all right, well, this is where that's from. What else do we got here? Yo, there's tracks. This record's oh, got yeah. tracks. You know what I mean? So, um, if you're not familiar, let's say someone is coming in stark cold. The Cure. Uh, one of the most popular bands of the 80s from England um, had a couple songs that sprung in this weird post-punk, goth, alternative, new wave stew that hit mainstream, you know, and just kind of like became one of the biggest bands of this world, I think, inarguably. Mm-hmm. Um sort of undeniable if you're interested in guitar music from the 80s i'd yeah. say like you you need to know who this band is yeah um and for people who are familiar with the smiths this band is sort of the more successful more commercially successful i should say uh flip side of a coin where there's two bands the cure the smiths i don't think they sound all that much alike but at the same time, their audiences were a Venn diagram. <laughs> like, right. That's a, that's a pretty uh, close circle. So those circles are overlapping quite a bit in terms of people who like them. So um, with a very uh, prominent, big personality frontmen who couldn't yeah. be more different from each other. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that crossover is definitely there. I remember you mentioned hearing the Smiths and then hearing the Cure. I, I think it was exactly the same for me. I picked up a Smith's record and then I was like, oh, this Cure band is actually really interesting. Cool. I'm going to get into right. them. Yeah. And and there's a lot more meat on the bone than the singles. But I have to be honest, the singles of the Cure are all rad. I don't think there's... Oh, they're great. I don't think they have any embarrassing songs. Like, um, on a purely high level, like 50,000 foot level, the Cure have always felt very thought out. Mm-hmm and intentional um especially with their music so um it has a a lot going on plays with a lot of dark and weird tones a singer who's got a very off kilter and singular voice but a pop sensibility that shines through all that and hits mainstream yeah selling millions of records millions you know so and still um, does huge tours. I mean, the the, the thing to note about the Cure, I think they've been around since what nineteen seventy seven when I checked. Yep. yep. Yes, seventy seven. Maybe, maybe so, even earlier. Weird versions. Yeah. 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 So uh, almost fifty years they've been a band, still touring. Apparently, an album is uh, coming soon. They've been playing new songs on this recent tour. So interesting. That's so uh, cool. Should be cool. How weird. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and have kind of stayed steady. I think there's been a couple breaks, um, but if you look at the the discography, you know we went through the '80s material. This record we're talking about today is '92, a record in '96, 2000, 2004, 2008. Yo, it's been a decade, but we're gonna get another record. That's pretty impressive. Pretty They're impressive, dude. And they still kill live. I don't know if you've ever seen them. But, no, I haven't, but, and I should. I really like. 
they're great, great, great. Like, yeah, like this is, even this is even probably the last gasp, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Like, like the weakest Cure songs, in my opinion, they'll do them live, and I'm like, oh, that was great. Like, I'm just in for the whole thing. So, yeah, highly mm. recommended. Hell yeah. Okay, so um, did you know that Robert Smith, singer of The Cure, was the lead guitarist for Susie and the Banshees from 1982 to 1984? I did. He's uh, he, That's so wild, dude. He apparently got his whole look from Susie Sue, so... Yeah, that I can take. <laughs> but what a wild world we're in. Um, music, everybody. So uh, let's talk about Wish. Let's go in on it. Pete, we, I gave a few of the big ideas already. Um, let me give my, my broader stroke one more. There's a lot of kind of undulation in this record. Um, like there's a down song and then an up song and then a down mm-hmm. song and then this driving song and then a funky song. <laughs> and, you know, right, and it, right, so right. it's kind of this like undulation. Um, and sometimes that's really dramatic. Oh, like, oh, like oh, the ups you, you, to the downs or the downs to the ups. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Which is kind of like a cure trope at a certain point. Like they, <sighs> disintegration is is consistent pornography is consistent blood flowers is consistent but like most of their other records are kind of this in a way you you've circled my last thesis already so i'm going to just spoil it yeah the cure is the ultimate ultimate drama club band this is (laughs) this is drama club 1992 playing now for you it is high theater it is calculated. It is known. This is what we want to do. Uh, and you hear that on their best material. This record, I think, is reactionary and responsive to disintegration in saying, hey, we don't want to rewrite disintegration. Let's do something that's a little different, a little bit more. There's certainly a more playfulness here. I also think this record, almost as much as anything, is very confident, very secure in who they are. And feels like the like record you get away with when it's like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be our record. We got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all that said, I think that undulation is almost part of the responsiveness to disintegration, which is like, I think disintegration would rank, get the highest possible score on flow. Like, I can't think of many records that flow better than that record. Mm-hmm. So this record flows very, very well, but has an intentionality to that undulating, um, which is quite dramatic, as you said. Um, and, and you know what? I was going to say, it's quite dramatic, but never jarring. No, I, it, it works somehow. Yeah, I mean, that's I, the, the Cure are really good at making things, things that on paper do not work. They make it work somehow. Yeah, yeah. So They're pretty good at that. What are other big thoughts on this record coming in? And did you have any familiarity with this? I mean, I know you've listened to it before, but have, did you have a deeper familiarity with this before we listened to this one? Yeah, I mean, I've I'm I'm a fan, so I've yeah. I've gone fairly deep on all of their albums at this point. Um, and this was always one of my I I tend to gravitate towards the I like depressing music, and The Cure are very <laughs> very very good at that. Yes. Um, so 
Yes. I, I, I think uh, genre defining depressing music. Exactly. I think I think Robert Smith he calls it the trilogy. It's pornography, uh, disintegration, and blood flowers. Mm. So, if I'm in the cure mood, I will typically gravitate towards one of those. Mm-hmm. But but this this is like right there um, alongside those. And so, yeah, I mean, I've listened to it a bunch. I've, I've, I've liked it for a long time. I, I wasn't necessarily into it like in the nineties, but probably the early two thousands. Um, I was like, oh, this is the one with Friday. I'm in love on it. Like, I don't know if this is going to be good. And then I got it and I was like, oh, this is great actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is more or less a favorite of mine. All right. So, Anything else we should say before we go into the track by track? I think uh, I think we touched on a lot. Let's do it. All right. First song, open. great opening track um there's a yes. great groove to it um i i'm gonna come back to this a lot but like did the cure help invent shoegaze um and well, like because, were they oh. and were they like just doing what all the shoegazers were doing at the time that they were doing it in like a more elevated way because like that's 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 what a lot of songs on this remind me of, and and this is one of those. What were I, you gonna say? I, I mean, I wasn't gonna say that, but you threw, uh, you just hit a home run. So yes, <laughs> no, the Cure. I'm sure those those bands would go. Well, of course we like the Cure. Who doesn't fucking like the Cure? You know yeah. what I mean, right? Like, right? Like obviously, duh. Um, but I think circling that because what I keep hitting when I was listening to a lot of this record is I'm like, this song's a great example, but there's maybe even better examples as we go on. Yeah. They often do this tone setting at the start of a track where maybe it's a minute, a couple of songs, yeah. it's like two yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost just a tonal kind of like, oh, it's maybe it's instrumental, but whatever. There's just a lot going on. It's quite often very layered. And you get set into place before before Robert Smith even hits the track, you know. Yeah. Um, this song is kind of a little bit more opens on a down song, I would say. It's a little darker, and um, it feels it's not a disintegration song, I would say, but it's more in that spirit. Um, but you're not wrong. That's that's a big thing. I was like, is it fair for me to use the terms atmospheric? For the cure, yes, hundred percent. Oh yeah, 
it's not quite ambient, but but I, I want to say they they embody this um, like it's it's gothic post punk alt, but has some really proggy elements because of the way they use sounds and tone. Yep. Um, and I don't and the way think the songs get, are constructed too. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. And it's almost a form of their own, and they play with it. And like you can tell, like we'll get there. But Friday Night in Love, it's scientifically the hit. It's three minutes and thirty four seconds long. There's no other like that was they they were like oh yeah this is the hit single okay right like <laughs> like even before the lyrical content which I'm gonna get to when we get there but like. The, the other songs on this record are not that and they, they kind of do something different. So yeah, they, they play with form, they play with sounds and, and this really like atmospheric tone thing that is one of the underpinnings of shoegaze, right? Like, yeah. So yes, yes. Not only were they doing it at the same time, they were better than a lot of bands who were trying to do something like this. But as you, I liked your term for it. This was a more elevated state of it. Yeah. Uh, also, great song. Lo- love opening with it. <laughs> I agree. Great yeah. song. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, one of the things with Robert Smith, if, if we're comparing the Smiths and the Cure, because I do like, I think there's a lot of that was in my notes to talk about at some point. Huge overlap at some at, with them, but like, and you already brought it up to a, to an extent, yeah. But like, the thing that sets the Smiths apart for me. I mean, they're very different bands, but the vocals and the lyrics in particular, the Smiths to me have a ton to offer and the Cure have a ton to offer too. But the Cure, what the Cure offers is very, very, very limited in scope where the Smiths are not. Um, And that to me gets a little tiring. Um, And so, yeah, so this song is kind of about social anxiety more or less. Um, mm-hmm. And he touches on similar themes and uses kind of similar verbiage a lot of the time. But um, that's just something to note as we go on through this record. I think this song, the build of the vocals and the music throughout it are awesome. I think the outro is is great because it like, like you said, they set this mood. It's a little yep. darker mood and they like mm-hmm. feel their way through it. And then it, by yep. the end of the song, he's kind of yelling. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit! There's more to come on this album, and I, so I think it's a it's a great uh, opening song. And uh, you know what? On to ride on that. There's Robert Smith in a very different way than Mr. Morrissey has a quite singular voice, and one that I can only think of a couple other vocalists who even dare to try vocal stylings like this, where it's almost he has a warble. He has a quiver. Yeah. It sounds very affected and like pained quite often. Yeah. Um, and like, honestly, I, when I think of, I, I can only, th- I think of the band Me Without You. I think uh, on their record, Catch for Us the Foxes, like the singer of that band. And I never thought about it until I was listening to this record. Over the last couple of days, I was like, "Oh, okay, that that's the only other comp I could make." Where it's like, "Oh, somebody who's it feels so vulnerable." Yep. Whereas um, Morrissey feels affected but distant, and a lot more composed. And it's it's really like we'll get into this. 
if you're just asking, if you're plainly asked, Pete, you got to pick one, no explanation, the Smiths or the Cure, what do you say? Oh, fuck. That's so hard. Um, it's so hard. I just say I, it. Just say what you're going to say. And if, I'm we'll on, if, if, if I'm on a desert island, the cure. You're not on a desert island. You just have to say which one's better. Uh, the cure. I go the Smiths. Okay. If I'm on a desert island, I'm taking the cure because they got a lot more material. That's, that's, that was, that's my um, logic. Yeah. But to remove it, which, which band do I like more? It's the Smiths. But the cure are so good in a really different way. It's really different. And that's why I think there's such an overlap. I think that's why there is such a strain because it's two just absolutely iconic, idiosyncratic, weird, singular bands who just happen to exist at you know a very similar time frame for for the duration of the Smiths. Yeah. Um, if I'm being real, this Cure record, like I said, it, this feels like a slam dunk by them. They're just like. Yeah, we got it. We're doing this. And, it does and, feel effortless. Yes, they really do. And especially on these first couple of tracks. So um, next song is High, which this one, the tempo picks up. It's a little bit more up. The mood is up. Yeah. And it feels like a really different thing than anything off Disintegration, the record that preceded it. And that's where I start to get to this kind of like... Um, album album conversation you know the cure have a lot of different sounds and they're able to do the up tempo or lighter sound yeah and it feels like okay let's try it let's get back into that feel with this song and i I do really like it it is really refreshing i have to feel like if you were a, a a big cure fan in the disintegration era and you get this record you're like this song comes on and you're like, Oh, it's like, you're coming out of the clouds. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's yes. like the depression is lifting and you're like, Oh, this is nice. This is a nice song. Well, um, and that's, I, I think it's, I use this term sometimes with music, but I think it's, I think it's important. It feels playful. It feels light in this kind of not full joyous way, but it, it, it oh, dude! Come, I mean, especially as, out, you know. Yeah, especially his lyrics on this are are really. I think playful is the perfect word for it. Like when I see you kitten as a cat, when I see you sky as a kite, it's like yes. it's it's like perfect Robert Smith kind of nonsense. But it's <laughs> it's really it's, it's really fun. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, great one. Um, the song apart again. We're now down on the roller coaster yeah. of emotions. Um, here you get signature, signature cure driftiness, um, like foggy alley music, I'll call it. It's dark. It's marred pretty music to me. I, I really like this song, and I think they revisit some of the energy from it later on on the record. Um, but but lyrically, here's where Robert Smith opens himself up to a very... I'm leaning on my ability to perform this and to be open and raw and simple because it's not very clever. Like he, he gets clever. Morrissey is never not clever. Robert Smith can be clever, but sometimes he drops songs that are like, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? It's, it's still affecting and it's, it, Mm -hmm. it, it, it always works. I think he leans into performance and the ability in his voice to, to kind of connect like that. 
Exactly. But it, but if you just read the lyrics on paper, you're like, man, this is mailed in, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm with you. Song. I'm with you. I mean, like I, I like this song a lot. It's again, a brooding darker song. I feel like this could have fit right in on disintegration. Um, it's yeah. just that sound that like the cure can just dial this kind of song in and it's a, and it's, and they can just do a great job at it. Um, it you feels rarely, effortless. You- yeah, and you rarely hear other bands pull this directly because The Cure did it so well. Yeah. kind of made it one of their signatures. It's, you know, it, it, people feel the forgery if you lift it too directly. A hundred percent. And like, especially what you were talking about, kind of that that like mood setting that they do where there's a minute or two of, hey, this is the vibe now, okay? Yeah. This yeah. is the vibe. I'm going to start singing soon and you're going to feel it and you fucking feel it. And then the song's over like six minutes later, and you're like, that felt like three minutes long. That's right. Um, Yo, that's a good point. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like you that's you can't rip that off. Like they just they own that space kind of. So yeah, I mean, whatever. This, I think this is a great song. From Although it's not much new. No, it doesn't no, no, no. But uh, like high was giving us a little bit of something new and pushing. And we get we get more new later. So I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. Next track from the edge of the deep green sea. I thought that this was one of the singles on the record, but I think it's just, it's become such a pure fan favorite that uh, I was just confused. Um, It should be a single. um, To to read my quote, fantastic song. It's showing where alternative music can push. And they were doing it in 92. Um, It's sedimentary songwriting, Pete. There's so many layers of this. Yeah. And that's that's one of the underrated pieces of the cure. It's why you made the comparison to shoegaze. Um, it's why we talk about this atmospheric setting a tone. All of their songs have textures. You can like I, I've been using these visuals because their songs have a feel. They have a, almost a look you can put to it. Um, and this song is kind of driving to start too, which is is fun. It really takes you to a place. I love that repeating piano note. It's like, it's almost Velvet Underground-ish in a way. It's like just this one weird kind of element that's like always there in the background. It's really cool. They do some really cool, very, very subtle 
very tasteful repetitions throughout this record different repetitions on different songs that people i think if you this is a headphones listen if you headphones listen to this one you're going to catch them on listen two or three or four and go oh wow listen to that and and i think that's part of their secret sauce is that when you're writing longer songs having some repetition in there that's keeping everything tied down but then you can do whatever on top of that as long as you have these underpinnings that are keeping the song held together. Yep. Um, rhythm this, section, man. Cure um, rhythm section, killing it. This song is one of the ones that made me go, oh, yeah, shoegaze. Yeah, influence there. Yeah, making these ties and connections to like lots of progressive prog stuff, lots of different ideas, uh, electronic music concepts applied to guitar music templates and i was like oh this is like if you told me the folks from radiohead weren't aware of this or didn't consider the cure a primary influence i would be surprised (laughs) yeah good call like i was like oh this is connecting i was i started to think about okay computer or the bands and was like oh yeah like i'm not saying they sound like the cure far from it i'm saying that conceptually and where they were able to push with some of their concepts, the cure were doing, you know, even as early as, you know, 10 years before. So, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great song. I agree with everything you said about it. This song is kind of special for me in a weird way. I, the first time I saw them was actually that, um, when that 2006 record came out, the, the self-titled oh, yeah. record, yeah, yeah, they did this tour called the Curiosa festival. They basically like brought a festival around the country okay. That's and it was, awesome. uh, the cure. I think it was a different lineup depending on the city, but I was in San Francisco at the time and the headliners were the cure, obviously at the end, uh, Mogwai and Interpol. Awesome. So like, yeah. so yeah. Inter- yes. Inter- Interpol were like huge, huge at that point. Yep. And Mogwai hadn't toured in a long, long time. So there was a lot of, you know, people were stoked. And I remember the Cure paid for like two and a half hours. And it was this huge field that they played in. And they played this song. And like the moment that they say, you know, put your hands in the sky, everyone puts their hands in the sky. And it sounds so corny, but it like I hear it today. And it like still gives me chills because I just think of this like huge sea of people just like just feeling the fucking music and it was like it was really really intense so like yeah this is a this is a great song it brings back cool memories so yeah although it's such a depressing song (laughs) so it's interesting yo it's it's awesome shout out um let's get to i guess the low point on the record to me wendy time i'm with you dude yeah so uh funky funky wah pedal (laughs) <laughs> um it's bad <laughs> but i want to say it's confidently bad like they're like yeah we can oh this super off. confident yeah and i i they they can't but they did <laughs> yeah um so it's goofy it's bouncy yeah it's uh and it comes after four super strong songs that they were like hey you know yeah. what fuck it Yo, that's the piece that as I was like on re-listens, I'm like, these MFers just went in the studio and were like, yep, let's get that bass going. <laughs> let's do this. Let's funk this thing. And um, 
that's this is that was the thing that made me go, yo, these are people who are at the zenith. They're at the top of their game and they believe they can pull off just about anything because they tried it. And um it is confidently bad in a way that it almost they're the song's almost carried to the finish line because they it sounds like the people playing the song believe in it. Um, yeah. I have a feeling this one did not stay in the set list for very long, if any time at all. I have to imagine it didn't. Yeah. That's right. Doing the unstuck. How do you feel about this one? Um, light and fieldy. Again, very confident. So yeah. I was kind of like, okay, they're really up on their wave. This was the one that I noted. Oh, this is theater kid music. <laughs> but it's <Yeah>. good. Sorta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not. It's not a top uh, track on this record. But I'm not mad at it. Like I wouldn't cut it if they. It, it, it might be the second song that gets cut, but <laughs> I wouldn't okay. cut if I needed. Um, it made me. This is why it brought me. This is where I would have was going to say about the Smiths versus the Cure, because I was like, oh, okay, the Cure are the dorky drama club kids, right? <laughs> and the Smiths, they're the favorite of like the brooding lead, yeah, who only shows up for their rehearsals meanwhile everybody else is there like building sets and like just hanging out like <laughs> pete was this a reality in your high school were you aware what was your awareness of the drama club i had zero awareness of most things going on in my high school so all right so let me give much. you a, let me give you a little peek into uh brick memorial high school uh in the uh, late 90s the drama club was essentially a microcosm like they were their own mini biome like it's like a biodome all into themselves where all of the larger happenings and like so and so's dating so and so and oh that guy doesn't like that guy and oh did you hear about these people they're going to hang out all these clicks. Oh, there's the people who are the outsiders, all this stuff. Yo, the drama club had all that and more just in their group of like 40 people. <laughs> and they kind of operated outside the bounds of the school. Like they were in your classes and you knew a few of them, but I had some friends who I was really close with in, in middle school. And, uh, and let's see, I'd say, 
three guys and then me so we were like kind of four good buddies and they were a little tighter because i was i had moved in middle school so i was a new kid but they were like my closer friends we'd hang out all the time and all that but come like freshman year we start splintering apart i get into punk music and those guys all join the drama club um not to say i just it just wasn't my vibe but like yo they just it was its own ecosystem. So they had all these different personalities. So to call, to be like, oh, they're just a drama kid. Yeah, that's true. But that could mean a lot of different things. Like there were the cool kids in the drama club and the not cool kids. So that's all to say the Smiths were the cool kids in the drama club who only showed up for their lead role and were fantastic and excellent. But they weren't. They didn't build the sets, and they didn't hang out. And when it was time to go out after the um, what do they call it when there's a like the the premiere, the first night or whatever it is, oh sure, um, they went. They didn't get invited to go to the group party, right? And right, like, exactly. Maybe they weren't going to go anyways. But whatever, we're not inviting them. So, uh, <laughs> but the Cure, they were the set builders. They were the goofy <laughs> dorks. They were all them in the mix. This song is their song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't even have much to contribute to that. Um, I'll just say I actually really like this song. Um, it's so ridiculous, yes. but it like it 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 like puts me in a good mood when I listen to it because what you're saying it's so confident, dude. Yes. You have to be so good at what you do to have let's get happy as part of the chorus. No, and it's, like it's pull it off. Music. Like this is yeah. the thing about the cure. They have straight up like we could make a small playlist of goober songs by the cure. Oh yeah. Strictly for goobers. But like, yo, they're the happiest dorks. Like you've never seen a more confident person with like three buck teeth and a retainer in <laughs> as you would like jam into this song while building uh, you know uh, uh, a set uh after school you know yeah. like, bless up waiting for the 415 bus yeah. um all right i think we've done enough on doing the unstuck yeah, no, great great job <laughs> great job friday i'm in love i mean what's there to say this is like an ultra mega hit it's the um, hit scientifically the hit. i think they knew it here's my question would it be popular more popular uh if it didn't have a like literal like days of the week rundown and theme that made it instant radio gold yeah no it'd be less popular i mean that's a huge part of this song does this get played every friday still on like the local like rock alternative uh, 100% station. dude yes yeah. so shout out to them great song it's is it plying is it obvious is it patronizing sure am i in for it fucking yes so shout out friday i'm in love i want to point this out um the lyric what a gorgeous sight to see you eat in the middle of the night yeah friday nights dude, i was he's, thinking about that line but also robert smith secret snack supporter he he wants to see his friends oh, yeah. eat eat in the middle of the night, you know. So we should have I, him on just for snacks man, pod. I yeah, I had such a visceral <laughs> reaction to that, Pete, because I never really paid that much attention to that line of this frigging oh, song. Oh, dude, he is full of weirdo fucking lyrics, like well, just thinking, out of nowhere. I was like, wait, is he talking about like literally the 
uh, hundreds of year old tradition, it seems, which is not real, but <laughs> um, the like age old tradition of teens going out on a Friday night and eating bad food after whatever the hell they did, whether it was go to a concert or see a movie or go to a club, whatever it is. Like, uh, I want to see you eat in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, who wants, I don't really like, I, I, in reality, like I have lots of very warm memories of like post show, whatever post event, post game, whatever <laughs> diner sessions. If I had photos, I bet we all look like weird animals, like true Cretan shit. Like, oh, what yeah. are we doing? Like, yeah, I actually, like, I, fa- I found one of a few mutuals of ours and I, I look insane. I have like these horrible braces and everyone you, around yeah. me looks terrible. It's fun. That's but, right. But That's right. It's, it's, it's funny you take it there because I, I thought of it strictly in kind of like a romantic setting where oh, I'm like, yo. Oh. Oh, NC seventeen well, on this. Well, no, no, not even that. But it's just like, like you know, you like you watch a movie, you're hanging out, then like it's like, yeah, like I'm kind of hungry. It's midnight, you know, and you're like, <laughs> kind of in like the dark kitchen, just like having a glass of wine and eating some food. And I'm like, man, I've I've never, I'm now married. I've never dated anyone. I've never been married to anyone. Sorry, Gina. Yeah. Um, that I'm just like I've thought to myself. What a gorgeous sight it is to like see this person to eat, eat in food. the middle of like, the night. Like right. one of my actual like least favorite things in the world is like watching people eat or particularly hearing people eat. So oh, like, hearing people eat is a weird thing. Um, I I got nothing on this. Yeah, and like does I guess Robert Smith? Yeah, you're not wrong. Robert Smith is a fan of a secret snack. Like, yeah. like he's not. He's, he doesn't. <laughs> he hasn't heard about intermittent fasting. Like, what are we talking right. about here? Like. I'm yeah. not trying to – Pete, I had dinner tonight at 4.30 due to youth sports, but I was all right with it because it's like, yo, I feel better if I don't eat dinner at like 7.30 at night. Old yeah. as hell. Small um, snacks, dude. Small snacks. Um, all right. Uh, it's a great song. The next track, one I'm always interested in, which is the track after the track. This one's called Trust. Dude, this is maybe the biggest – like shift in uh in sound that we're talking about yep. um friday i'm in love big happy energetic huge song and trust just brings it right down with like the sad piano ballad that takes two minutes to even get into it two minutes to even get into it um they went super ballad yeah um this is the song that i think is kind of a reprieve to the third track apart Yep. Um, and they kind of went more synth ballad than downer tune. I like it. Um, it is the okay now for something completely different, which is the follow up to the big single. Um, because they know like you have to give space and time. Like I actually, the next track is a song I really like, but I, I in the flow of a record, I think if it had come right after Friday I'm in Love, it might have been overshadowed a bit. Yeah, it, felt, it yeah. felt a little weaker than it actually is. I feel you. And so I really, really like this song trust. Um, one of my favorites on the record actually, um, because this is kind of the cure that I just, I naturally gravitate to for whatever reason is just like the mm. sad bastard stuff. Yes, um, I, I, I just think he like, he does such a good job of like, if you know, if you've been super sad, everyone's been super sad. If you've been like super depressed, whatever it is that you've had happen in your life, we've all had these moments, but I just feel like he does such a great job at like putting you like in that darkest moment where you're like, fuck, this is like really bad, you know? And it just, 
it, it's really affecting to me and it still is. Um, and I think that this is a great song, uh, yeah. for that. The lyrics are super simple. You know, I mean, there is really no one left. You're the only one. It's like, it's, it's pretty kind of paint by numbers lyrically, but, um, I think the, the song itself it's a, it's and the atmosphere yeah, is exactly. great. Yeah. I think, it, I think it really works. Um, next song, a letter to release. one is one that reminds me of one of their earlier albums um, has that classic kind of cure open to it it feels very yeah. like oh this could have been on pornography you know yeah um, yeah yeah and it also feels it, you know the song is called a letter to elise it feels really like a direct address you know <laughs> like it right. does feel like it's directed at them that them i should say yeah yeah, this is a great song. This is one of the singles on the record, like you said. Um, I the 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 effects on this song to me, like what you were talking about before with the layering. Mm-hmm. This one feels so well layered. There's like these really delicate effects throughout it um, that work really well. I think the lyrics are actually like particularly good on this. Um, the guitar lead is super epic. It's like like you can tell at moments on this record that they've done like the disintegration stadium tour because this, this, <laughs> yes. this song to me feels like it's like made for a big room, almost kind of like uh, uh edge of the deep green sea is too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Great song. Hell yeah. Um, cut. cut. So I will say here, the record, I start to feel its length but it was almost more of an awareness um, because I was like, wow, there's, there's a real good variety of songs and sounds. And even on this song, it feels like it's doing different stuff. It's navigating the album's bulk so well. And, and it really, you, you nailed it more so than I did because they were able to do this throughout their career. It wasn't just this record. But I, I felt notable because I was like, oh, this is ninety. This is not the peak of bloated album syndrome, but it's right there. And mm. this doesn't feel bloated. Like like we only have one song that we're like, hey, this one probably could heave ho. Everything else has been like, yeah, it's a good song, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that heave ho song, like they've always had those songs on their records. So yeah. that's yes. uh, it's it's almost just like. For us, it just feels like, the, I mean, it, it almost, it, for, to me, it gets to the point where you're just like, oh, okay, like they're always going to have a song or two or three like this on the record. It's just, that's not the cure that I like. There's a certain cure that I like, and this is not the cure that I like. 
Um, but they really like that cure because they keep writing those songs. So yes, they do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, cut. I really, really like this. Th- this, it feels like the angriest song on the album. Um, they're like, but you don't, you don't feel anymore. Like, yeah, it's, it's really, really, um, like affected vocals. Um, it's a, a lot it's of a energy song to me. This like they, yeah. the way they close, this starts this nice three song block that really kind of pulls me in. Yeah, for sure. I, the, um, I think the only thing to note that you didn't mention is the outro on this is like equal parts shoegazy, but also just like sixties Hendrix worship. Mm, yes. Which I think is cool. Like there's this like 60s psych thing going on in this song that isn't as present on a, on most of the songs on this record. I think they don't get credit for being that bridge. You referenced um, Oh, you referenced uh, da, da, Banana Peel Record. Velvet Underground. You referenced Velvet Underground earlier. And I don't think they get credit for being this connective tissue of a lot of music, but it's because they synthesize it to their own sound so dramatically. Yeah. You know, they're they're able to write these really fun, cool, simple melodies, but stretch them out and play them in this way that's longer or it's toned it's just it doesn't feel like that like there's just stuff like that dripping all over their records and this one's no different for sure all right um next one to wish impossible things so this is really beautiful song a la the song trust to me um but this is the moment for me like cut i really really love a letter to elise i really love and cut actually has so much energy that it kind of like gets me back involved in the record. This is one where like, I think if it was at a different spot on this record or at a different spot on even a different cure record, I might really be, be into it, but cause I think it's a beautiful song, but it just like falls at such a funny spot on the record for me that it like, it kind of just feels a little tired. Um, yeah. I like a lot of elements of it. I like the long intro. I like the kind of faint drums and like the I like the drumming on it a lot, the effects on it, but it's just not it's not strong enough to like bring me back in at this point on the album. I actually I'm in a different space with it cuz I, I I it is starting to ease out. But it to me I get a distinct disintegration feel but with kind of a funny string section. Mm-hmm. Um it reminds me a lot of the cranberries. Okay. <laughs> so it's almost like this funny jam up. It places the cure where I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like somebody who likes 10,000 maniacs and the cranberries could really vibe on a song like this. Yeah. Um. And yeah, no, I, I, I dig it. It's, it's kind of a softness that is different than the typical softness you get from the cure on this record. So, I'm, I'm in on it. I, I'd still like this song a pretty good amount. Nice. All right. And the last song, fittingly, end.
good name. Um, cool song, interesting beat, there's a good groove that's a little different from a lot of the songs on this record. Um, the vocal effects give it like a shoegazy feel that kind of separates it mm-hmm. from the other songs. But ultimately, this kind of falls flat. Like it's not a strong closer to me. Mm, um, interesting. And, ul- and ultimately, it's not like at like even in the running for like one of my favorite songs on this record. So I don't have much to say about it, honestly. Not not in the running for one of my favorite songs on this record at all. Um, but what I will note is that it gives me big '90s alt energy. Oh, sure. There's this kind of back and forth that singles it out and um, makes it feel more of the time than I would have imagined they ever got to. Um, but here we are, and uh, it gave me that big '90s alt feel without also without feeling like it was copying. It didn't feel like it was copying it. So, um, all right, yeah. What a record. Wish. What a record. Yeah. Pete, you ready to give it some uh, uh, some grades? I'm ready. Let's go. The holistic quality of The Cure Wish. Is this a good record out of 20? I think it's a very good record. I gave it an 18 out of 20. I gave it a 17. Same reason. Highs. How, how good were the best parts of this record out of 10? Pete, I give it a 9 out of 10. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh, damn. I mean, there are songs on this that I've just been like going back know, to since high school. It's an yeah, important really one for good. me. So yeah. Lows out of 10. Pete, I gave it a seven. Uh, there's just uh, a, a Wendy time. Uh, you know, there's a couple other little moments, but like that's not, not very low. I, I gave it the same thing. Yeah. Competency and peer review out of 10. I give it an eight. Um, I don't think it's the best cure record but I think it's very good. And I think it deserves a spot at the table of cure records. And if someone said this is my favorite, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. We're going to end up in a really different or really, really similar place on this one. I gave it an eight too. I, I think the, the word here is that you brought up is confidence. Like it's just such a confident record. Yeah. Um, they feel peerless um, on this. So yeah, it's great drag factor out of 10 gave Typically, it a seven. you gave it a seven okay yeah i gave it a five because i could see someone not being in the mood for this sure and if you don't have it it's an it's still an hour long um i have never had a problem with the cures album length so i gave it a five out of ten just allowing that to be a reality so uh flow out of ten i give it an eight Okay. I, I gave it a it seven. Really well. I think it just moves so well. I think it moves really well. I think that it, uh, the, the ups and downs, even though that's kind of their signature at a certain point, it's, it's still a little bit it jarring you off a little here bit. and there. Sure, yeah. Sure. So I would have, I'd probably knocked it down a little bit for Wendy time, um, okay. as well as the transition from Friday. I'm in love to trust, but I actually thought that the Friday I'm in love and to trust was a, bold and good way to deal with being the song after the single. Yeah. And that Wendy Time's confidence was so high and the fact that they kind of carry that into the next song, which I felt was just a better embodiment of that, kept it there. Uh the flow on cool. disintegration is a ten out of ten. So um aesthetic out of ten. I was mixed I w- on this album cover. I have to think about it. 
But when I look at it and go, yeah, I do like it. Seven <laughs> out of 10. Wow. I'm in a completely different place. I Ooh. hate the album art on this wow. so much. I gave it a two. <laughs> mm. I got nothing on the wow. Ever since I've got into this band, I always look at the cover of this album and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I hate it. So especially yeah. like Disintegration, feel, I think is a great album cover. Disintegration is a great album cover. Um, does it feel spermy to you? Is that what it is? I don't know what it's even like. I'm not opposed to sperminess. I'm okay no, with that. I think course. that can be done well, you know? So of course. I don't know what it is. What is it's the just, best uh, cure album cover? I mean, to be honest, I don't think I like their art that much generally. No, um, my answer is the weird boys don't cry compilation album okay yeah it's like got a weird pink pyramid it's got palm trees it's really cool i've i might have like is this yeah there is a vinyl version of this that i own um and uh i've seen t-shirts of this and i kind of would like one that's a cool looking cool looking shirt um i think pornography is a cool cover and i think disintegration is a cool cover they're both weird and disintegration. I have some issues with the font, but everything else I'm okay with. Um, yeah, I like those two. I like three imaginary boys, just like the weird lamp. It feels you know, very uh, like, uh, yeah, like um, abstract art, weirdo art. It's weirdo kind of stuff. Yeah. But then, yeah, like kiss me, wish, kiss does, me, I, wish I kills it. you. Wish kills you because you don't know. To me, it feels very notebooky. Um, like this could be the like design on someone's trapper keeper and then the doodles or doodles that someone did, you know, like finger doodles. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm down with the finger doodles. Let's do it. Um, you were not. All right. Impact and influence. Hard for me to say. I'm giving it a six out of 10 because the cure clearly as a unit are impactful. Right. But the sound is also singular. And to this record specifically, I don't know. So I gave it a six. Yeah, I gave it a seven for the same reasons. And the intangible. I really like this record. Uh, It maybe maybe made me like the band more than I already did. And I really like the band. So eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah, I I feel really warmly towards this record, except for the cover art. So I gave it a nine, actually. Good, good. My total score is a 75. I'm at a 74. All right. You need to bump up your intangible so you can at least... I know I do. Yeah. All right. Or bump up your aesthetic. Come on. Do you like the way the Cure name is written on the cover of the record? Not really. I like like truly... I hate everything about it. What about... It's like a sand dollar. That little like... Here's what I'll do. I'm going to bump up the intangibles to a 10. I'm going to bump up the flow to an 8. Okay, there so you I go. I want to be at a 76. That that feels more appropriate here. All right. Okay. Um, Pete, do you own this record? I do. I have a bootleg vinyl version of it because mm. the, the OG vinyl is like hundreds. Um, I but wonder if, if it even got vinyl release in the US. It did. I actually owned it at one point and I sold it, um, which I regret. Damn, but look at I that. I sold a lot of things that I regret. But hey, Damn. it's getting repressed, so I might buy it. And by the way, uh, in 20 years... What are you going to do with all these records? You're going to oh, you're dude, gonna melt I'm a, them down I'm, into a casket? Dude, I'm purging. All right. Hell yeah. Love the purging. But um, I'm not purging this one. No. Uh, and if I could get this for a good price, hell yeah, I'd have it. 
Nice. Everybody, have a great night. Listen to the cure. See you later. <laughs>